This is a Federal News Network podcast. The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Derek Dorch of the Diversa Group, which is entirely responsible for its content. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch. Derek walks you through how to win government jobs, effectively manage your government career, and best utilize government services. Every week on Fed Access, you'll learn about interesting federal agencies, workers, and careers. Fed Access provides you the access you need to succeed in the federal government. And now your host, Derek T. Dorch. Welcome to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch from Federal News Network. Thank you for joining the show. If we have just started to think about what's going on around the world, then we will very much so be concerned about the issue of mass shootings because we have seen an abundance of situations that have been happening right now in terms of mass shootings and mass killings in the United States. And today we're going to be talking about this with the people from the counterterrorism group. I've got Stacy Casas on and also Savannah Fellows. They are counterterrorism intel analysts from uh, the counterterrorism group. They're both team leaders in the America's team in which they cover uh, North America and South America. And today I want to talk to them about all the things that are going on in terms of these mass shootings, in terms of threats to uh, uh, government officials, law enforcement officers, in terms of what we just saw with this group called the Patriot Front. A number of things that are going on that are concerning right now that we need to stay on top of that uh, uh, are very much so a growing element of maybe even domestic terrorism or other issues that are happening in the U.S. And so, Stacey and Savannah, thank you so much for joining me today on, on Fed Access. I want to start off and talk to you both. Uh, We just saw this issue about the Patriot Front, and we saw that they were uh, loading up into a a, a U-Haul truck and were about to, uh, uh, and and it had shields and some other things, and they were loading up and about to disrupt uh, a LGBTQ um, event. And they were concerned. Someone called in about them and reported them, and the police caught them getting ready to go to this event. Talk to us about this situation and what happened and who this group is, who's this Patriot Front group that's out there right now? Well, I can start us off. So the Patriot Front, um, well, according to the Anti-Defamation League, it identifies this group as a white supremacist group that justifies its ideology of hate and intolerance under the guise of preserving the ethnic and cultural origins of its member, its members' European ancestors. So recently, as you just mentioned, uh, I believe it was 31 individuals um, were arrested, um, linked to uh, this white supremacist group, the the Patreon Front. And they were outside of the LGBTQ Pride event uh, this past Saturday. And this occurred because the police stated that they had received a a tip um, from from a caller uh, stating that these individuals were planning to disrupt the, the Pride events. And you know what? And then when we look at this group right here, and, and, and I know that some people have said they've got a manifesto and they have a number of different things that they're um, espousing. Who, who is this group? What are they talking about? What are they looking to do? What, what's their whole goal and their purpose? Uh, they believe that um, Americans are basically on a threshold of becoming a conquered people. Um, it says they say that their mission is hard reset on the nation they see today. And they want to return to the traditions and virtues of the forefathers. Um, they have a lot of uh, far right ideology that they feel the government is contradicting and 
um they so yeah so basically what savannah is saying and you know they believe that america is under the rule of an occupied government of tyrants and that Mm -hmm. damage that's being done to america it's not going to be fixed by this dysfunctional political system that we have that it's going to be fixed with the resurgence of the american spirits and According to them, this torch of revolution has already been lit. And this could be in reference to the January 6th insurrection as well. Is, is, is this kind of group right here, um, is, is this a group that has, um, is this a new group or have they been around for a while? Or um, what have you seen in terms of um, the framework? Is this like, a, 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 you know, of course, this whole white nationalist or neo-Nazi type groups or uh, groups of that sort. We saw in Charlottesville and other areas, but um, um, from what I understand, this group is just a reiteration of one of those groups right there. And um, is, is this a, a thing that's growing or is this something that is just more of a passing fade? What, what are you seeing out there when you're doing your analysis? Uh, it's definitely been out there before. For instance, they um, they have held Unite the Right rallies in Charles, Charlottesville, Virginia, and things like that. Um, I think they are becoming more active, um, as we're seeing with a lot of other white supremacist groups. Um, they've had a lot of activity um, in 2021, for instance, with the January 6th insur- insurrection, and then marching through cities like Philadelphia um, or doing demonstrations in, in D.C. So I think um, while it's been around, um, the whole white supremacist ideology including with groups including the patriot front it's definitely becoming more active um and not necessarily these groups are necessarily increasing but just kind of acting out more especially with uh recent like mass shootings they could be and violence they could be um being inspired by that you know i was real surprised in terms of um uh, what we heard about uh when these guys got arrested they said that um a number, I guess they were beginning to dox like police officers or, you know, like, I guess on the video, you can see some of the officers and, you know, oftentimes you can see the officers' names and this, that, and the other and their name tags. But from what I was hearing that they were also um, not a police uh, chief and the police officers were getting doxed and getting threats against their lives from a number of different people. Is is this a, a framework now where we're seeing organizations that are, not afraid of law enforcement, that they're almost willing to um, threaten them, that if you take action against us, we will come get you? Or uh, what is that framework with these groups right now? Honestly, it seems like this framework is only increasing, especially since January 6th insurrection, when they were um, actively attacking police officers, trying to protect the, you know, the Congress. And, and, and also, um, you'll see... With the Patriot Front, with the recent arrest, as what you mentioned, uh, from the the members sitting right outside the LGBTQ Pride event, um, that within just two days, the police received over 150 calls, and some calls came in as far as Norway. So this is bigger than just domestic terrorism, like this ideology is spread wide. And you can even see that in Terrence Manifesto. And he was a mass shooter in 2019 um, in uh, New Zealand. And he was uh, the the Christchurch shooter. So this is not only in America, but it's we're seeing it rise in America. So I think more Americans are becoming aware that this is 
a growing issue and this is spreading. This is an ideology and a belief that is spreading and um, it, it needs to be monitored. It needs, I mean, we need to have a public awareness of this. You know, we keep, you know, we keep on talking about kind of, and you just mentioned Stacy about, you know, we need to monitor and, and, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, were wondering, well, listen, what, you know, what's going on? Why uh, did not law enforcement have people who were um, already on top of this? Why would it take us, you know, a citizen, you know, noticing something? But it seems as if um, given the volume of maybe uh, 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 what's out there, maybe law enforcement may be overwhelmed in terms of what they're doing. Is, is this going to be more of a case, um, either Stacey or Savannah, where we have to get uh, the citizens, uh, uh, the citizenry involved in, in making sure that they, if they see that suspicious activity, they're definitely on top of calling someone and, and saying, "Hey, listen, there's a group out here who's, um, you know, got smoke bombs or shields." I mean, is this more that we have to make people more aware about, you know, these situations that are maybe growing in our backyards? Absolutely, that's going to be imperative. Um, Anyone who sees anything suspicious should report it. It's it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, you never know like what what that group is going to do, what they could cause if they're going to end up if they have weapons. Um, like it's a very dangerous scenario that awareness is absolutely needed. And law enforcement, like you said, there's so much volume of threats and threat actors and groups out there. There's just, it's just impossible to cover every single individual threat or group. And the one that could be potentially missed by law enforcement, but have a civilian or um, a, a bystander see some sort of suspicious activity and report it could actually prevent, um, you know, a, a very dangerous scenario happening. Without question, without question. That whole framework of see something, say something seems to be even more important now than ever. And and, and and so happy that a person took the moment to call and, and let people know what's going on. I know I, I've heard that this group, you know, they have like, you know, websites out, they have uh, uh, like recruitment videos. What are we seeing uh, uh, with this framework of uh, them recruiting and, and, and kind of going from there? What, what, what are they, what are they using to recruit or get people interested in their movement? Um, they're using social media platforms. They're using uh, 4chan, 8chan, Telegram. They're using their own websites. I mean, if you go to the Patriot Front, they have a website where you can join. And it shows them even going back to 2017 where they go and they to different cities around the U.S. and they have demonstrations and they pass out pamphlets. They even have this uh, BitChu, uh, I think it's called BitChu channel. And this has over 300 or 3,000 subscribers and over 1,000 views. And honestly, this Patriot Front, they, they held this assembly, for instance, for the purpose of training the mind, the body, the spirit of their organization. And this includes like boxing, tournaments, drilling, um, physical training, workshops, seminars, presentations. So they're prepared. So that's something also to take in consideration that attacks are not just happening sporadically. And even with the January 6th insurrection, it was not unmeditated. Um, they even found a, a document from the P Proud Boys, and that laid out their whole preparation plans from January 1st through January 5th. The preparation, January 6th, they laid out what was going to happen throughout the day. Uh, so they're definitely prepared in these these extremist groups are going in that way. So we have to as well prepare as well. You know, Stacey, so you talk about preparation. And what I'm almost hearing is 
you know, this kind of takes me back to my military days because what I'm hearing is that these guys are almost doing kind of quasi-military type, you know, you mentioned kind of like boxing and, and you know, other, you know, dynamics. You hit mentioned about weapons, but they seem to either be doing like military or kind of like law enforcement type training in what they're doing. And that's like a big concern. Is that what we're seeing from some of these groups? Yes, they are, they have the tactics. They're doing surveillance, 100%. We're seeing a lot of this um, with these groups, and they're being posted online. So it's not like they're even trying to hide this. Wow. And so with that right there, they they almost, you know, and, and let me ask this question in, in terms of what you both think, uh, Stacey and Savannah, is sometimes when um, they get maybe like these arrests that happen, does that get people more interested or does that get people who will stray away from them? Be like, I don't want to get arrested. Or is that, is it kind of a dual edged sword that now it's kind of like they get publicity and it now gets people more interested in what they're doing? What do you think is going to, is happening with that? I think it's definitely a double edged sword because um, I, with them being like prominent on social media and then with them being arrested and all the death threats being made, that's all being publicized by the media and that's going to get other white supremacists or sympathizers with the organizations, um, including the Patriot Front and other white supremacist groups, that's going to get them um, involved in wanting to take action. Some may be seeking potentially revenge for the arrest. Um, I know that they've all been bailed out. They all bailed out um, for now while their um, sentencing is, or their rulings are being processed. But um, is, uh, people will likely, some people will likely be angry about it um, and feel that they were, they shouldn't have been arrested. Um, some people may feel that it would have been kind of like a violation of free speech. Um, there's just a lot of different opinions that could incite that. And Savannah, what I'm possibly hearing is that some people may think that it's government overreach yes, in terms yes. of, of, of that dynamic. And of course, that's been a, um, for what I understand, that's been a main uh, complaint that you're taking away my freedoms, right? You're taking away that kind of constant uh, uh, barrage dynamic. You're taking away my freedom of speech or you're going to take my weapons away. You're going to do this, that, and the other kind of going from there. And, and, and is that something that, um, is probably going to uh, probably get these groups, maybe even more people to uh, uh, join them because they're saying, hey, we're trying to fight for your freedoms. We're trying to bring back um, um, this idea of America where government didn't have the power over you. Is that what we're kind of seeing? Yeah, because the Patriot, the Patriot Front, like they say that the government is corrupt and that they need to fight against it. So it actually kind of helps their cause in that sense. Wow. 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 Hey, we've got to take a quick break, ladies. Um, uh, When we come back, I want to talk about this mass shooting, uh, these mass shootings that just happened. You have Buffalo happen. We had Uvalde happen. And I know uh, I was looking at uh, 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 your work. I was reading one of your reports and I got alerted to this in terms of uh, your team put out a recent flash alert. I want to talk about uh, what you were concerned about and what you were seeing that you put that alert out in terms of uh, a possibility of maybe copycat shootings and everything else, because that is a major concern across the board, whether it be schools or whether it be marketplaces or other areas. But when we come back, I want to dive into that some more. We're talking to Stacey Casas. She's a, a, a counterterrorism intel analyst at the counterterrorism group. And we're talking to Savannah Fellow. She's also a counterterrorism intel analyst at the counterterrorism group. They're both team leaders in the America's team, which is covering North America and South America and they're on top of a number of situations that we're seeing right now in terms of the Patriot Front, 
in terms of mass shootings, in terms of January 6th, and a number of other areas, threats against government leaders and everything else and law enforcement that's going on right now. We're talking about that today on Fed Access. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. If you're just joining us, we've been having a conversation about terrorism. Unfortunately, we've been seeing a number of situations that are going on that we are very, very concerned about. We saw this recent situation with the Patriot Front in terms of them possibly disrupting an LGBTQ event. We've seen situations with mass shootings going on uh, that have taken a number of lives and some very, very young lives in terms of children who have been killed in schools. We've seen a number of situations where government officials are being threatened, law enforcement officials are being threatened, and we're talking about that today with the counterterrorism group. We've got on the line with us Stacey Casas, she and also Savannah Fellows. They are both counterterrorism intel analysts with the counterterrorism group, and they are talking to us about what they're seeing right now. Hey, both of you, um, in terms of, I saw this alert recently, and, and, and you put out a flash alert about, uh, and your flash alert was really warning about the, the dynamic of maybe a copycat shooting happening after the Buffalo shooting and after the Uvalde. What were you seeing that got you so concerned that you put out this alert? Well, we're seeing a whole lot of online activity, um, it's especially since the Buffalo shooting in New York on May 14th. Uh, we actually sent, we've done a couple of flash alerts, to be honest. Um, since the Buffalo uh, shooting May 14th, we sent out a flash alert by our team just one day after the shooting because uh, we were seeing chatter online being uh, heightened. The manifesto that he left behind was being spread through online chats. Um, one of our CTG threat hunters uh, was finding a lot of activities. So we were just putting awareness out there. And additionally, uh, as you mentioned, uh, May 28th, we put another flash alert out. And that was um, in regard, that came out four days after the Robb Elementary School shooting in, in Uvalde, Texas. Again, uh, one of our threat hunters found um this Telegram user who was um, who idolized uh, this recent shooting, and he was making statements online. And so, really, what we're seeing is that a lot of uh, individuals are rewatching these videos and they're reading these manifestos, and they are putting these these shooters as as saints. Um, they're 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 idolizing them, and um, and these manifestos. What's what I don't think a lot of people realize is these manifestors are being left as guides. Um, they have a lot of information on there, uh, really trying to inspire uh, copycat attacks and and actually help guide them. So they, it makes it a lot easier for them to create um, another attack. You know, when, when you talk about the manifestos, we've seen, and you mentioned before in the previous segment, you mentioned about uh, a Toronto Christchurch shooter. Uh, in New Zealand, who attacked the mosque, and he did that manifesto about the Great Replacement and everything else. Um, is this a framework where um, now, uh, 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 you know, one manifesto? Because what I heard was is that uh, the manifesto from Buffalo was almost kind of a he kind of cut and copied from the original uh, Tarrant manifesto from New Zealand, and then began to build off of that manifesto, adding more to it. Was that correct? Yes. And then, what, and then with, with that framework, um, is, is this a belief structure that seems to be that these manifestos are being used to um, very much, as you mentioned, uh, uh, kind of like uh, uh, almost be that inspiration or say, listen, you can do this too. Is that what we're seeing? Yeah, we're seeing both Gendron and Terrence manifestos so that they were written to serve as a guide to inspire others to spread their messages to a wider audience and to encourage others to act. 
let me ask this question, Stacey. Is, is saints, is that almost like, you know, how like the Catholic Church will have certain saints that um, are, are, are used to uh, uh, show praise to? Is that kind of the same philosophy that we're talking about, that these um, uh, people are, are being idolized at that level? And, 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 and what they do in terms of their sick and, and horrendous acts are, are being uh, uh, used as, as, as some kind of um, uh, saintly act? Is that what we're seeing? Yes, because it's based on their own ideology and their own beliefs. So it's important to know that these shootings were based on the white supremacist and, 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 and what you mentioned, the racist great replacement conspiracy theory, which establishes that the white European populations are being demographically and culturally replaced with non-white populations through this mass migration. And Tarrant calls them the occupying forces, the invaders. Gendron calls them the replacers, but the definition is the same. So it's this common belief in a superior race, this white race, this revolution, this civil war that's going on. So to them, they are the saints that are rising up and taking a stand. Wow. It's, it's, this, this seems to be um, uh, uh, more concerning because what you have really kind of laid out in terms of, uh, of what you're seeing with these manifestos. And, and from what I understand, that the, the most recent shooter, his manifesto was even a lot more in detail about the attack and everything else, would you kind of say that this is almost a play a playbook for uh, uh, someone to kind of want to you know take uh, uh, the manifesto and use it as a playbook to maybe do something harmful? Could that be used, especially the most recent shooter? Yeah, especially because he had um, such a such mass sections on um, his plans, how he scoped out the area and did surveillance on it beforehand. And he, um, actually, I believe he disguised himself as kind of like a beggar on the street. So like no one really had a clue who he was. He had this massive weapon section. And so, Panda, let me, let me, t- let me tell you, say he, he, he was that when he was doing, um, surveillance, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the place where he did the shooting at, he kind of went in there as, as like a homeless person or a vagrant and was yeah. trying to like be disguised. Yeah, he was, um, this was the day before, I believe, um, he was kind of disguising himself to, to gather information about his target, basically, see what points of entries there were, um, what makes it vulnerable, stuff like that. Wow. It, it, and then you mentioned about a, a very, very large weapon section. What was going on with that? Um, he had listed the type of weapons he used and um, how he had magnified them, or change them not my them sorry and um he um he stated how new york has more stringent gun laws so in order to bypass these because he's only 18 he um went to pennsylvania to buy um parts and stuff like that and then he also listed um a large amount of links that anyone who can see the manifesto can find or click on that tells them how to get these parts, which links or which sites work best, which sites don't work best, um, how to kind of evade things that could tr- trigger um, potential law um, law enforcement monitoring by uh, by these like non-name brand sites, so to say. Right. And also right. how to utilize loopholes. Um, he even goes into detail about how um, people can use and buy uh, gun parts and firearms at flea markets or gun shows. So things like that as well. You know, I mean, the, the, the one thing I would probably say is that um, this also could be a, a, a very, very help. I mean, you're alert and also just what you're describing 
should also some, be some very, very um, good indicators for law enforcement, what they should be looking for in terms of how uh, potential other mass shooters are trying to use these loopholes and, and maybe even just use things that are at least commonly out there, um, YouTube videos and everything else to begin to prepare um, for another mass shooting. And this also may be an indicator for people in the public that if you see um, someone that you know who's starting to do certain things or, you know, starting to write certain things or starting to kind of do, uh, look at certain things, that this may be an area of suspicious activity that needs to be reported kind of going forward. Um, given uh, uh, what you have just mentioned in terms of your alert, um, what, what what was your concern level in terms of the threat? Is it a high level concern that this may be a, a copycat situation? Is it low? Where are you in terms of the concern level of the threat? We are high. Our, our level of concern is extremely high. Um, and that is also just, you know, the, the spread of information across platforms and these channels. Um, there's a lot of chatter. There's a lot of motivation, it seems like, going on. So we are on high alert. I mean, since the Buffalo shooting, there's been over, and this was last looked at last week, over 50 mass shootings since the Buffalo shooting incident on May 14th, which I'm, I'm sure it's over 60 by now. So this is definitely something that we need to take seriously and consider this a high threat. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. We're talking to Stacey Costas and talking to Savannah Fellows from the Counterterrorism Group. We're talking about what's going on right now. Everything from uh, the situation with extremist groups like the Patriot Front, um, people who have a very, very uh, 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 racist ideology or and uh, believe in white supremacy, this, that, and the other, and and have been, you know, trying to uh, start uh, 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 possible chaos at, at certain events, like the LGBTQ event, and also now are targeting law enforcement with threats. We're also talking about these mass shootings that are going on Uvalde where 19 uh, uh, young children lost their lives uh, to a shooter, the Buffalo shooter, where people in the marketplace going to get groceries and going to get uh, 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 cakes for their children uh, were, 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 were slaughtered by a mass shooter who's talking about, you know, great replacement and talking about uh, um, you know, people being, uh, people of color being uh, uh, invaders or replacers and this, that, and the other. But we're talking about this threat right now that seems to be growing that we all need to understand and we need to understand how to combat this threat going forward. So we're talking to Stacey and Savannah about this. We'll be right back, and we'll keep this conversation going. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on the Federal News Network. If you just joined us, we've been having a very, very uh, a good conversation about what's going on. That there are some not some good issues, but we need to be aware of them. We need to understand what's going on because it's going to really take all of us to help stop these threats. Um, threats of extremist groups like the Patriot Front, um, threats from mass shooters like what happened in Uvalde and Buffalo, and maybe a possibility of a copycat uh, shooting situation that's being planned right now. We got to be aware of what's going on so that maybe we can help stop these things. The more we know, the more we can also see if there's some suspicious activity that we need to report to somebody that may help save some people's lives. And that's why we're talking about these issues today. We're talking to from the people from the counterterrorism group. We're talking to Stacey Casas and also Savannah Fellows. They are both team leaders and both a counterterrorism intel analyst at the counterterrorism group. You can find them at the counterterrorism group, uh, counterterrorismgroup.com. You can find their site. They have a number of reports that are coming up. I was reading some of their reports, and that's why I called them to get them on the show, because they were putting out some alerts that were very, very concerning. Hey, Stacey, Savannah, what's going on with this Roe versus Wade situation? I know uh, 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 that was a, a very, very contentious 
situation when that um, uh, uh, maybe that pre-information came out about how the justice may rule. But we've also had a situation where someone was thinking about uh, maybe assassinating a Supreme Court justice. And, and, and now we've had to uh, 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 possibly put some new legislation into effect in order to protect them. But what's going on with this situation right now? Uh, so this, there was a leak um, that the Supreme Court was potentially going to overturn uh, Roe v. Ro- v. Wade, which granted federal protection to abortion rights and prevented states from enacting ab- abortion bans. Um, so if it does get overturned, there's going to be, it's it's imminent that there's going to be a lot of upset people. And if it doesn't, there's still going to be a lot of, there still could be, um, not maybe as much, but some upset people. So it's kind of like a lose-lose situation. But if it does get overturned, it would end um, these constitutional protections of abortion rights and would allow the individual states to decide whether to restrict or ban abortion. And we've already seen, um, for instance, you mentioned uh, the Supreme Court justice. Um, He had... Um, an individual who was who was outside his house with a firearm. Um, there's been instances of uh, some anti-abortion uh, clinics being targeted through things like um, arson and stuff like that. So, you know, I've, what I, I've been looking at uh, the framework where there have been a number of uh, women's centers or, or different places um, that have been uh, uh, targeted for violence. Uh, you know, people um, either arson or, or you know, people putting revenge in front of their uh, you know, spray painting it onto their walls or whatever the case is. Are we going to see a, a framework where, um, uh, and, and I always hate to use the word both sides, but are we going to see that there may be violence on, on both ends of the spectrum in terms of those who are uh, pro-life and those who are more of a, of a, of a framework of more what we call choice in terms of people who uh, believe in the right that women have uh, in order to have an abortion? Are we going to possibly see uh, 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 advocates or people who are um, beginning to say, I got to take this into my own hands, and they may um, do something that may be violent on either on either spectrum, or is it more one side or the other? It seems like it is both sides. Um, for example, uh, Jane's Revenge, this is an American extremist organization. Uh, they have penetrated and threatened attacks in the name of defending abortion rights. And they have... Um, for example, been the cause of the anti-abortion Buffalo Pregnancy Center attack that was firebombed. The recent one in Wisconsin, uh, where a fire was stuck, was started at an office at an anti-abortion group. Um, so, yeah, it, it seems like it is both both sides pro and anti. Uh, both sides are upset right now, and both sides are wanting to make their um, their statements known and their beliefs known. Is, is this a framework, Stacey, where, um, again, if we had to kind of maybe put into into perspective in terms of the level of the threat, as we kind of mentioned, the possible level of the threat for a copycat shooting is very, very high. Where would you kind of rank, for this people to understand the nature of the threat, where would you also rank this level of threat right now? I would rank this, and Savannah may agree with me on this as well, as high as well, because especially in the upcoming days, because as we're getting closer and closer to a final decision, I only see this uh, motivating um, other demonstrations and protests. And this very likely leading to to violence with both sides being at these protests. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, it's definitely, the decision is, is um, likely to come out pretty soon because the Supreme Court 
um, term usually ends the last week of June or the first um, week of July. So it'll probably be because of the delicate nature and how many people are going to be upset. It'll probably be coming out toward that end. Um, but with it already being mid June, yeah, there's there's probably um, quite a few organizations who are feeling the pressure to make themselves heard now before a decision is made. Have there been some people who are already talking that depending on how this comes out, that they are already um, speaking about that they may take violence uh, against uh, 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 another group? Or is, are those conversations also being had, just like how we're seeing um, some of these extremist groups uh, um, who have more of the great replacement ideology or the racist ideology or the neo-Nazi ideology on social media? Are we also seeing like groups like Jane's Revenge or some of the uh, uh, the, uh, 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 the the pro-life groups who are very on, on the extreme, are we also seeing them talk on social media, whether it be Twitter or other places, and also speaking that they may take some kind of um, extreme action of violence if this doesn't go the way that they think it should go? And, and we are, and we're seeing in graffitis across buildings, I have a, women aren't safe, neither are you. So th- there's a lot of threats, of whether or not uh, these actually go into uh, violence, like what you said, with, with shootings and and whatnot, but there there are threats being made out there. There's uh, active um, accounts on social media, um, and, and again, just lots of, of chatter um, on social media platforms, uh, trying to get people uh, motivated and rallied up to go to these protests um, and in, in DC and in their cities. And so, yes, th- there are threats being made. Um, so you always want to take every threat um, seriously, and uh, and just be aware of what's going on in and around your city, um, just all of the above. And government officials as well need to just take those threats seriously. Yeah, it's, it's, it's important also that um, we may not, these, these threats, particularly extreme threats, these aren't going to be as prominent on mainstream social media like Twitter or Facebook or stuff like that. Like This is going to be on um, groups' own websites. It's going to be through channels like Telegram and Gab and stuff like that, where it's going to be a lot harder to find, which means it could take uh, some people by surprise. No question. So we got to definitely stay aware. We got to look for any kind of suspicious activity and then kind of go from there. Hey, but hey, on the next segment, I want to talk about the January 6th. If anybody's been watching the January 6th hearings have been going on, I want to talk about that in the next segment coming up. We got to take a quick break, and uh, we want to kind of talk about what are we seeing in terms of, um, I think you mentioned this, Stacey, in, in, the, in the first segment about uh, the, the, the document that came out about the pre-planning. And so I want to kind of talk about that framework and maybe how that may have some uh, uh, implications for the future in terms of people who may be either uh, anti-government or have a disagreement about elections or other things of that sort, where they take an extreme action kind of going from there. We're talking to the counterterrorism group. Uh, you can find them at counterterrorismgroup.com. We're talking to two of their excellent analysts. We got Stacy Costas on here and we got Savannah Fellows. They are both team leaders. They are both Intel analysts uh, working on counterterrorism issues, uh, working on the Americas as their primary area. North America and South America and monitoring all the issues that are happening in these sectors right here. We're going to keep this conversation going. We'll be right back. Listen to Fed Access with Derek T. George on Federal News Network. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Fed Access with Derek T. George on the Federal News Network. If you're just joining us, we've been talking about a number of critical issues right now, talking about mass shootings, uh, talking about a possible copycat scenario, talking about what's going on with Roe v. Wade and, and the situation uh, in terms of what's going to happen to the Supreme Court. There may be some extremist acts that come from that, some acts of violence that happen depending on 
uh, what comes from that decision from the Supreme Court. Is you know is Roe v. Wade going to be overthrown or not? But there may be some uh, uh, very, very uh, uh, extreme consequences that may happen because of that. We're talking about the framework of also uh, we're seeing these extremist groups that are continuing to rise, Patriot Front and other uh, groups who are more white nationalists or uh, even sometimes neo-Nazi uh, leaning type groups who are also making their presence known, who are taking actions, doing military type training and do a number of different things that are very, very concerning that are out there. We all need to be aware about what's going on because we may see something that we need to report. We may be the eyes and ears that help protect something from um, happening that will turn into violence. And so we need to understand the threat that's out there in order for us to also prevent it kind of going forward. We're talking to two analysts from the counterterrorism group. We're talking to Stacey Casas and also Savannah Fellows. They are both intel analysts and team leaders in the America's unit that focus on North America and South America. They're giving us a rundown of what's happening. Uh, ladies, when we see what's going on, and it, the, the hearings are um, kind of, I've been watching the hearings. The hearings are gripping about what's happening. Stacey, I think you mentioned in one of the previous segments that um, this document uh, uh, was revealed, I think, with the, was it the 1776 something, uh, what return yeah, or whatever? Yeah, 1776 returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk, talk to us about that. Talk to us about, um, you know, what was being said in the document and also what's in correlation to the hearings as well. Yeah, so what they're finding is that uh, the January 6th insurrection that a lot of these that well, and going back, uh, the counterterrorism did issue a flash alert uh, January fifth, right before January sixth, warning that there's a potential in violence. Um, and this was made on the assessment that and that we were seeing a lot of rhetoric being shared across social media. There was a visible escalation in interest of confrontations uh, by um, extremist groups that were claiming to to be attending January sixth. So there was a warning that was put out by CTG. And Stacey, so you're saying kind of the the counterterrorism group have been seeing the the possibility of this threat and 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 also uh, released a flash alert um, that says, hey, this is a, a real threat, and that also there was a possibility. That, and, and from what I I know, we had this conversation before. You guys released information that you were seeing that there was a possibility of a of a storming of the Capitol in your intelligence. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Um, they were these extremist groups were um, going to be attending, and they were publicly uh, making statements urging violence and advising members to carry weapons into the area. So yes, we, we were seeing a lot of this activity right up until January sixth. And so with this seventeen seventy six uh, return uh, document, do I have the correct seventeen seventy six return? Is that the right? Is that the right name of the document? Yes, sir. I believe so. Um, and I believe this was. Um, a document from the Proud Boys, and uh, this is a document which laid out detailed plans to occupy more than half a dozen, half a dozen buildings surrounding the U.S. Capitol. Um, so, for instance, January 1st through the 5th, they labeled it preparation, how they were preparing for those five days. January 6th, that was the execution date. So what was going to happen exactly how it was going to happen on January 6th? Um, there were also other um, extremist groups, the Oath Keepers. Uh, they were planning to block the peaceful transition of power. Um, there, uh, They were also uh, groups that were setting up um, reaction forces outside of the city in Virginia um, where they were storing arms um, with their goal to be on standby just in case President Trump invoked the Insurrection Act. So um, th- there was a lot of activity. But the things to know is it wasn't unmeditated. It was 
premeditated. They knew exactly what they were doing. They were prepped. They were ready. Uh, the leaders of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers were talking together. They, and one of the leaders stated that they're fighting the same fight. So these groups were joining forces, making them even stronger. You know, with that kind of being the case, it, it seems as if we have a, a long way to go to really uh, make sure that democracy is secure. I mean, this is what I was uh, uh, looking at the, the January 6th committee. Um, they said that this is the first time that this had ever, ever happened in over 200 something years where we've had um, a, 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 an election and we've had a number of contested elections before. But this is the first time that we had this kind of situation. So it's very, very perilous times that we got to pay attention to kind of going forward. Hey, before we go, um, real quick, what do you, uh, what are both of you paying attention to in terms of uh, other threats that you may be seeing that you are concerned about in the North America and South America regions? So I'll rising uh, civil unrest. Uh, go ahead, Savannah. <laughs> go, go ahead. Go ahead, Savannah. Sure. Go. <laughs> I was going to say rising civil unrest um, with the, with groups rising up. It's it's this revolu- this belief in a revolution happening, a civil war that needs to take place. Mm-hmm. Uh, gun uh, gun regulations, the uh, abortion. I mean, we're keeping an eye on uh, mass shootings. Uh, just everything taking place right now uh, along the U.S. Mexico border. Um, all of these are um, key key areas that we are constantly monitor- monitoring. Question without Savannah, what, what, what's, what's your take? Uh, basically, um, all of what Stacy said, uh, we've also we're also seeing a lot, a lot of violence with cartels in Mexico, um, lately, particularly, um, not only like cartel violence, um, along the border, but also against media and journalists. Uh, so just something that people traveling need to be aware of as well not just like mass shootings in the u.s and everything going on but also near these bordering countries uh that that has the potential to affect people like in in the united states like in texas for instance um and right along that mexican border that question hey thank you both for, for working to keep people safe thank you for both for your strong intel analysis and thank you for providing us a update about what's going on out there that we need to be concerned about uh, in terms of the various threats that are out there. I appreciate the work you're doing. Uh, these ladies are from the counterterrorism group, Stacey Casas and Savannah Fellows, both intelligence analysts working on counterterrorism issues in the Americas, in North America, South America. They're both team leaders in their areas, and they are very much so giving us an understanding about what we need to be paying attention to not only right now, but in the near future. So thank you for everything you're doing. You can find their work at counterterrorismgroup.com. You can also find it on LinkedIn as well. So continue doing the great work you're doing, ladies. And thank you very much for being on the show. You've been listening to Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear the entire show or any of our weekly programs anytime at federalnewsradio.com. Fed Access with Derek T. Dorch, only on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM and federalnewsradio.com. This just in. Reportedly, pigs can fly. We're going live to... Can't take another crazy headline? 
Well, here's something you can appreciate. The MyGM Rewards card gives you best-in-class rewards with four points for every dollar spent everywhere and seven total points earned per dollar spent with GM, bringing you one step closer to a new GM ride. That's the power of appreciation from us to you. Subject to credit approval, terms and limitations apply. Visit MyGMRewardsCard.com. Your story, it lives in River City, where you can enjoy a metropolitan vibe and a small town feel, where we set the standard for service and looking out for one another, where there's so much more than steak in our thriving food scene. Your story is the story of Omaha, told by those who live it and love it. Whether that's helping you keep up with the Cornhuskers or creating the content you crave. And here in the Omaha World Herald is where it comes to life. Omaha World Herald, where your story lives.